Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. That's right, folks. This week, whilst our beloved Key performs Afternoon of the Thorn in the East Garden, we are joined by our special guest host, Frasier Fan Club's very own Steve Newton, to see us through our review. Steve, how are you? Good, sir. I'm, I'm good, thank you very much. I was actually going to ask you, is Key, to, is key abroad now? <laughs> that must have hurt. <laughs> no, Key is uh, sadly can't join us this week, but so glad, Steve, that you could you could join us for Season 4, Episode 11, Liar Liar, in which Frasier tries to make amends for a high school misdemeanor but ends up in the middle of an unsettling love triangle now steve what was the worst trouble you ever got into in school can you regale us i mean are you allowed to say at this point in school what is the worst thing i did in school were you someone were you well behaved typically at school or did you get into do you have a few scrapes do you know what i can't even remember the girl's name um and it's not actually it's not a girl at school no i'm Um, scared where this is going So I went into it. This is the worst thing I probably did at school. It wasn't actually a bad thing, but it was what I got in a lot of trouble for. (laughs) Um, The teacher didn't appreciate a picture. It was Gail Porter. Do you remember Gail Porter? I do remember Gail Porter. So I was in high school in the early 90s, mid 90s, and I had a picture of Gail Porter, although she was topless. Okay. On the back of a school book. Oh my um, God. It was kind of censored. It was out of a magazine. And I obviously probably out of a lad's or mag or yeah. Of course. And I'd stuck it on the back of a uh, a um writing book. Mm-hmm. And my teacher didn't like it at all, obviously. That doesn't surprise me. Threw me out of the class within the first couple of minutes. And I remember standing outside the classroom and the, and the head of year came through and said, what was I doing? And I went, I don't know. I've, I've been, it's two minutes and I've been thrown out. And then I had to go into his office. Oh so my the worst God. thing I've ever done, but I felt like I was in such trouble for doing something. What, what year were you in? Um, 95, 96, probably year seven, year eight, maybe. So year seven? 13, maybe. I a censored picture of Gail Porter at the back of your book. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous. Gail Porter, never mentioned on a Fraser podcast before. Honestly, <laughs> man, you, you're, a, you're a cut above. Compared. Key was very clean cut at school. You know, God bless him, as was I. Um, I don't have anything that could even parallel that story. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that listeners are now scurrying to Google to look up who the hell Gail Porter is. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear from listeners about what their, uh, their, their kind of biggest misdemeanor at school wise so please please get in touch and let us know um but before we review this week steve are you uh, ready to tuck yourself in a trivia corner i'm not sure can i fill uh key's shoes here well key is a formidable member of this particular corner but i believe you prepare three questions in in lieu of key's absence i Do have you, uh, indeed got three questions for you do you want to hit them hit them at me question number one what three things does bulldog require for his party game I think he requires whipped cream. Correct. A glass-topped coffee table. <laughs> Correct. And, oh, my God, I can't remember the third thing. Whipped cream. Oh, no. Oh, my God, I can't remember. Um, I'm just going to have to guess. Oh, no. I'm just going to have to guess a bottle of wine. It's not a bottle of wine. It's blindfold. Blindfold, god damn. Blindfold, whipped cream, and a glass. I think there's some table. kind of like someone pressed on a table and then you're looking at them from underneath. I can only imagine the person covered in the whipped cream is probably wearing the blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what that must entail, God knows. But yeah, god damn, not a great start. But um, question number two What did it was say she told Gammy she won in the past? Oh, it's Miss, I think it might be Miss Seattle beauty pageant, but I don't know if she specifies a year. Does she specify she a year? She doesn't say a year, I believe. She just says the Miss Seattle pageant. Oh, okay, okay. Not which bad. I love Niles' delivery of, you lied to Gammy. <laughs> you lied to Gammy? <laughs> Amazing. Um, the third one, I've written this question very well myself. As a man, as an educated man, a man of literature, Will. Oh, no. Please recite John Rajeski's poem. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> You, I am a desert, um, dry and brown. You are the rain that tumbles down. Very close. It is, I am a garden dry and brown. You are the rain that tumbles down, Susan. A garden, not the desert. But you yeah, remember the second line. It's, when he, when, this is what the line we hear when Fraser's lighting the, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, I don't. I can't remember this. Well, at this point, I was just watching Frazier's look of disdain. You're going to have to tell me this. I am a beggar that needs to eat. You are a sandwich thick with meat, Susan. <laughs> Does he say Susan again? It's Susan twice. <laughs> That's just the way it completely undercuts the like the rhyming meter. Susan. <laughs> like at first it's rhyming, then it just drops off with uh, with Susan. Um, Excellent questions there, Steve. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask you from our regular trivia corner this week, um, our regular trivia masters. So I'll open with MK's question one for you, Steve. When Lilith revealed her third alien eye, where was she going in the car? Oh, oh I see. I could, I could remember the answer to this one. Damn You've it. Got, it's Freddy and someone else in the car, isn't it? Yeah, one of Freddy's little nerd friends. Oh, it's a Mensa meeting. Is it a Mensa meeting? It is. I I mean, junior junior Mensa meeting. Mensa's Mensa. So I'm absolutely spot on there. Um, Next question, Steve. We learn of four crimes that dot John's curriculum vitae during this episode from his adult, criminal, and juvenile past. What are they? Four crimes. I know he's currently in prison for passing a bad check. Passing a bad check. Correct. I will say, I'm, from what I can see, um, there's only three answers here, but the question does specify four. So I'll, I'll just allow you to answer this as you see fit. Passing a bad pa- check. Passing a bad check is what he's currently in for, and they work backwards, don't they? They do. All oh, right, so that's what got you in here. Then that's he says, right. that's the turning point, doesn't he? He goes back and he says, oh, but I, of course I had a... Ten a- years ago, he did this. Stolen car. Stole a car car. 10 years ago. Absolutely. And then he says, so that's the turning. I'm trying to work this out backwards. I'm I'm doing a key. I'm working it out. (laughs) And he says, that was the turning point. He goes, no, of course, there was. He had a juvenile record. He did. Can you remember what for? So they pulled the fire alarm. He got kicked out of the school. Is it fighting in the school? Fighting. It is. It's high school fighting. High school Absolutely. Fighting. Wonderfully deduced, my uh, my dear Watson. I'm sweating. Um, that was actually... <laughs> that was top notch. I mean, but the question does say four, and um, I don't want to uh, second guess Corey because I've got into hot water doing this previously, but I can only see three answers here. So um, we'll leave it at the three there because I'm fairly Hopefully certain. you'll get in touch if there's a fourth. And uh, I, I mean, me. everyone will, like Potato Gate, people will quickly <laughs> correct me. Um, no, I, don't wish, I, I don't wish to be jumped on. Also, I've got to take this jumper off. Sorry. No, go yeah. for it, Steve. Listeners cannot all see. All naked at the moment. This radiator's on. I'm absolutely boiling hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, John's wife. Oh, oh, for God's sake. I, I, there was a second censored part to this question i thought it was another question but it's actually the other answer um so Corey, immediately i apologize there is a four okay there there is a four so john's wife tells us they met when she caught john blank caught john he was doing something which is uh, a family-friendly podcast. I won't say what <laughs> immediately came to mind. I can apologize. I can uh, confirm that this is a, a family-friendly response. Um, Though kids don't do this, of course. No, no, I'm out. It's shoplifting. 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 Apparently, she meets him when John was shoplifting. Trivia from Missy Crane. John was apparently involved in an altercation with a man who touched something of his. What was that thing, and why was it odd that the man would try to get his hands on it? Okay, I know it was a comb. It was. Sorry I touched your comb, man. <laughs> and I believe she's aiming for the fact I don't think the guy's got hair. He is a bald man, and I've got some some things to talk about as we get to that later, so I don't want to say any more about that before we get to review. But, uh, no, what Missy- was me being a bald man? I mean, let's discuss combs, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Missy Crane and I absolutely <laughs> on a level there. Um, <laughs> trivia from Mrs. Guzman Crane. What three places in order does Niles want Frazier to tell John he's run off to? I like this a right, lot. Yeah, this, this, is, this is before the abroad, isn't it? Yes, this is when they're they're matching suits. They're, yeah, they're in they're in Navosa, isn't it? Mm. And it's Europe, and I'm confident I'm going to go with Italy. Italy is correct for the first one. Ah, uh, I know what it is. Italy, no France, no Italy, no Italy, <laughs> absolutely Italy, France, Italy is what I've got written what down. A great here. question though. <laughs> Spot on. Um, trivia from Niall Crane. The whole Crane clan has asked a question this week. What film was touched on with one of the title cards? 
Mm. So I think one of the title cards is kind of a vague-ish pun to uh, the I... title of this film. Any ideas? There's not many title cards in there. I don't think it's very title card heavy. Mm. It's not going to be like the Green Mar that came out afterwards. It's got to be prison-based, surely. That's a really good guess, though, to be fair, if you're like trying to think. It's not know, Prison logical. Break. That was after it. I, oh, I was a huge fan culture. of Prison Break. Prison Break brilliant. Yeah, I love um, me. And my brother loved that show. And it can't be like Escape from Alcatraz, or is there Escape from Alcatraz? No, it's Alcatraz. Like on that. something prison based. <laughs> got to it, be. I, I, I think this is quite a famous film, but I, I'm not too familiar. Let me just. Uh, let me just confirm for you. Okay, it is a crime drama. Pretty cool. famous. It's got Susan Sarandon and Sean Penn in. Um, that's my final clue before you uh, you tap out. Sarandon and Sean Penn, crime mm. drama. No, tap out. I can't So think. the title card was Dead Man Talking. And no, film. Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. Dead <laughs> Which man is in walking. the Green Mile, surely. Dead Man <laughs> it's Walking. Susan, it's Susan oh, Sarandon oh. in the Green Mile. No, they, they use the phrase Dead Man Walking as he goes up the mile, isn't it? Oh. Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. I'm sure it's in that. Yeah, oh, well, I'm I nearly... Mean, no, I was nowhere near it. <laughs> you mean you were you were in the right ballpark? Um, you were. Um, but yeah, Dead Man Walking, what we're looking for there. Uh, trivia from Hot House Orchid. You've got three more questions to go, Steve. They're really making you sweat for your points I am, there. literally, yeah. <laughs> Despite wearing the same suit, there are differences between their outfits. What are they? And bonus points, if Will slash Key, Steve in this instance, oh. can name the specific discrepancies. Differences in the suits and outfits. Hmm. Oh, I did, sure. I did notice one of these, actually. The suit's um, identical, isn't it? Same colour, same cut, everything. I have a I'm feeling sure the is. suit is identical. The shoes match because he even looks down, doesn't he? And he says, Oh, no, you know, yeah, they're kind of grown in, in sight of each other's shoes. I'm going to guess the tie is slightly different. Correct. Uh, the pattern on, yeah, the pattern on his, t- okay, so yeah, the pattern is larger on one tie, smaller right. on the other. There's one other discrepancy. This is the one that I noticed, the one that you haven't got yet. I can only guess it's shirt because that's the only other thing you can see. So I couldn't tell you what it is. Can I press you for some more specifics? They're both white. They Um, are. They both have blue stripes. One of them has a double stripe. One of them has a single stripe. It's like like the tie. (laughs) The the stripes are very close together on Frasier's, whereas on Niles, they're quite small and and there's more of them and they're closer together. Uh Um, No, sorry. They're further apart on on Niles's. But I did notice that the the shirts weren't the same. And I wondered if they're going for a gag that they're wearing identical clothing. How far they, do they go? Yeah, how far do they how far do they do it? Um, your penultimate question this week, Steve. Daphne references a call from Kay Seattle in this episode. What is the name and the location of the caller that Fraser helped overcome her addiction to Swedes? I mean, sweets. I love Swedes. I, I did wonder why you said have another one after every meal. <laughs> or if you cut down, cut down, have one less after every meal. <laughs> um, right. So I laughed out loud to this because it's Tacoma, isn't it? It is. And, and I, my I reason for laughing that. was because I think there's another episode where Daphne says, oh, I'll say it's from Tacoma. They're always from Tacoma. There's always I'll, a call from Tacoma. I presume that's mocking the, the show itself as well as Daphne calling back to that. Um, so. so the person's name. Mm. God, this could be Kennedy Burling all over again, couldn't it? It really could. I mean, I think we only have a forename. Um, it's a woman. And beginning with <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you Steve. it begins with an M. Uh that's M for Mike. Or it could be M for Marie. Mm, could be you're gonna go with Marie. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna yeah, let's go with Marie. It is Molly, as in Molly Ringwald. I mean it's not Molly Ringwald that called, but uh you know that is that's what we're looking for. Molly from Jane. Tacoma. It's a real yeah. shame that Key's not available because this could have been like, who wants to be a millionaire? I could have phoned <laughs> Key as a friend and asked him. You could. I should have got him on the uh, on the old dog and bone. Um, and finally, a little three-parter for you here. Trivia from Little Owlet in the Glen. According to Bulldog, what are three lies that are acceptable to tell a woman in bed? Sadly, I did write this down and I made a big note about it. When I watched for the coffee count, you may have noticed a few weeks ago, mm. it's uh, her thighs don't look fat. Yes. Is it you're the best... 
I've ever had. Yes. And I've had a vasectomy. Don't worry, I've had a vasectomy. I mean, I'm we'll an artist. Get... I live by different rules. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into uh, how horrifically problematic that that particular, the last one is um, in the review, but absolutely <laughs> iconic from Bulldog there. Um, <coughs> overall, I think you've done a pretty good, pretty good job there, Steve, in Trivia Corner. I think you did a good show for yourself. Bag, some very good questions. Some, some very good stuff. I'm just, yeah, I feel like everyone in Trivia Corner in the older group there has uh, really pulled it out of the bag this week. So thank you for those. Keep them coming. Shall we jump over to the review? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, right. uh, can you tell us what the animation was? Can you remind us? You know what? I, um, I wrote this down. Mm. Balloon. Next. You expected this question. Pink, blue, and yellow. Pink, blue, and yellow. What would you make of the balloons? I've made a few comments on the balloons before. Where do you stand on the Fraser animation pantheon? I'm not, I'm not sure I see a point in the balloons. They're not a little balloons. bit 90s clip art for me. Yeah, they're very, they, very cheap looking, uh, mm, very pixelated as they sort of... And they're very out of scale. Yeah, I think... Next to the sky. The monorail, the plane, the balloon, you know, they're like white on black. It kind yeah. of fits the vibe. Something about the balloons throws me off, but there we go. Um, we open in the in the apartment. I'm, I'm, I haven't actually made a note of this. It's probably mentioned. This is after a Seabees ceremony, isn't it? I uh, actually noted, basically, Seabees episode. Does this count as a Seabees episode? Because we've got ones that they're at the awards, but this is post-awards. I, it, yeah, I mean, if I was going to be a real... I don't know. I don't know if this is pedantic or the opposite of pedantic, but part of me wants to say, yeah, this does class as a series episode in a very roundabout way. They've um, been to the awards. I, I noticed that Frasier hasn't won again, although it's never mentioned. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not mentioned again that that was an event. And obviously Bulldog's won. He's walking around quite proud with it. But um, I like his kind of reveal from the foreground. He's just like sitting in front of the television, but you don't actually know he's there until he gets up. Um, but yeah, I really love this opening. And you were talking before we went on air yeah. that you you really like this. What was it that kind of worked for you here? I think, do you know what? It, it really reminds me of um, Dark Victory. That sort of very thoughtful, it's late at night. Everyone's had a few drinks. You know, the bow ties are all done, you know. Yeah. The bottles of champagne are all empty all over the table. And and suddenly, and and you almost feel like you've had this conversation when you've all been out drinking with your mates and you all sit down and suddenly someone comes up with this really big question. And and typically I'll probably the Martin and go, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Frasier comes out with it. Is it bad? You know, should we lie? Is there ever a good lie? And, and obviously it's thought provoking. But to start an episode with that, and it's very sort of dramatic and and I don't know, quite a sad opening that again, mm. like I say, Frasier hasn't won and and it's just too thoughtful. And like I said to you before we started uh, this review, and obviously when I spoke to you before we came on, it kind of makes that first four minutes stand out and the last 18 minutes of the episode not it's a bit substandard. Yeah, like kind of paling comparison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think like it, it has that feeling of like the denouement of a classic end of an episode, but it's happening right at the beginning, but opening with this kind of cathartic, everyone's in a state of dress down, everyone's kind of a little bit kind of laboured and tired. And yeah, like some of my favourite episodes, like I loved Art Victory, as, as yeah. you mentioned as well. There's just something about having them all in the apartment at night. They kind of feel like they have their most honest conversations when they're in this proximity yeah. to one another and weirdly like even though he's tonally completely at odds with the rest of them i like the fact the bulldog's there and he's kind of privy to the conversation as well and it really is just like all of their little social network work and friends kind of together and then you have that kind of getting passed down to the the central five because they get rid of bulldog um, we've also got the uh, the guy that leaves at the start who's been popping tables all night that's because he's the waiter he was the waiter um i mean i have been in fraser's position like who the hell was that i've talked to people at parties and i'm like they know who i am <laughs> and i probably know who they are but then they leave and i think God, I, I was speaking to them for an hour and I didn't actually know what their name yeah. was or, you know, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really I really love this as an opening. And I definitely think it kind of sets up, uh, knowing this episode as I did, I completely forgot about this opening. I don't know if you were the yeah. same. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember this episode as being a little bit middling, a little bit, you know, a slight filler episode, but I completely forgot we have like an opening CBS. Um, and this kind of philosophical question to get us to to Rajetsky and, and all of that. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? Is there such a thing as a permissible white lie? It's it's an interesting question. Um, I mean, you know, if there was a comet about to hit the Earth, for example, would you lie? Yes. <laughs> Who am I lying to? The comet. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's yeah i mean it's a case of actually to tell a, a quite a sad story um one of my friends um his father passed away and he was going in for an operation and and they knew it was a very big chance it was like a 95 percent chance that he won't make it through the operation this is a colleague at work and i spoke to him a few days after his dad had passed away and he and he said basically they lied to him as in when his dad was going into the operating theater they knew that the chance was really really bad mm. and he just said dad i'll see you in a couple of hours when you come out sort of thing and it was like because everything's going to be okay and he went i knew i was lying he said i yeah. knew all along he said i knew i wasn't going to see my dad alive again and that to me is do you know what he gave his dad comfort that to me is a perfectly good lie mm. um there's not very many ways you can lie to someone and i know that's a very morbid example to give you but it always tugs at my heartstrings when I think of that person that he did that for his dad and I think yeah do you know what I mean that to me is a perfectly acceptable lie no I, I think a, then yeah then help them but yeah generally I'm not not much of a fan of lies <laughs> no I I'm I'm like you I'm a very honest person but I think in that case I mean absolutely and I would absolutely do the same if I was in that position as well I mean if you're going to give comfort to someone when they need it most then it's not even a question of like whether no, you should or you exactly. shouldn't I think everyone listening to this would would say the same there um slightly different to some of Bulldog's lies which we've already covered in the trivia here um I mean don't worry I've had a vasectomy is <laughs> absolutely terrifying to to to, to, to con the idea of a woman spending the night with bulldog and he's told her that lie it is kind of unthinkably awful um but like it we laugh it off because it's bulldog and you know i mean admittedly people in the room are kind of giving him a slightly disgusted look but that that lie the kind of power of three they get progressively more offensive and then yeah. that one comes out and you just think i mean were you like me just kind of yeah wow <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I chuckle at most of Bulldog's lines and I probably shouldn't. They are very, very inappropriate. And um, it's not. That's why they're so funny. Play, but yeah. I think it's just the fact that Dan Butler as an actor just smacks it out of the park as he soon does. as he comes out with that. And the way he's so cheery and happy that that's what he says. <laughs> and like he says, he looks at and they're all shocked. And he just goes, I'm an artist. I live by different rules. <laughs> Clearly just buoyed by his recent win. You know, he's still carrying the trophy and he's kind of got a, got a bit of liquor in him. He, he feels licensed to say whatever he pleases. Um, Daphne's lie about having an embryonic twin joined at her hip. Um, this is just kind of that classic quintessential bizarre moon family story that we're used to in the early seasons. We normally get one every two episodes or so that really fall away later on in the show. You know, this this part of Daphne's it, life vanishes. It, it does. But that moment, again, creates, as I've said, with Niles's delivery of you lied to Gammy. To Gammy. He's got I think he, he looks at Frasier and Frasier just takes her champagne flute out of her hand and goes. It's so delicately done. Shoes like, yeah. Niles and goes, get rid of this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And she just sits there and goes, I miss having a sister or whatever. I'm sorry, that's a bad impression of that. Oh, it's good enough for me. It's just the way Frasier literally just rolls his eyes plucks it from her grasp and gives it to Niles and just shoes Niles and he goes okay off I go <laughs> she goes oh it's, it's, just it's so Daphne. so good but that's um, the parts of Daphne like you say I miss as she progresses through the seasons I do miss that kookiness of Daphne because although I know she's quite irritating in some respects you don't get Niles and Frasier reacting to her kookiness when she progresses you know what I mean as she gets more involved with Niles, you lose that. So you lose their reactions, you lose their facial expressions because she's not that character anymore. So that's a shame. Yeah, massively so. She gets a lot more grounded as, as her and Niles get together and she does lose that eccentricity. But, you know, I, I like that part of her. I mean, sometimes it doesn't always wash with me and I get a little bit, you know, tired of the shtick. But sometimes, you know, she's spot on and, and it kind of, you know, you miss that later in the seasons. But um one one thing I've written down here, kind of just moving moving on in the episode now. We we obviously we learn about um, Fraser and Niles is uh, setting off the the alarm to get out of a particular kind of PE lesson and blaming it on on John Rajetsky. How could Fraser and Niles not know that Rajetsky got expelled? I mean, he was the yeah. bully in their year or in their school. They remember all of these things he used to do to them, um, but yet they don't remember him getting expelled. Martin does. That's just a bizarre plot hole for me. I can only possibly be. <laughs> called shorts in the shower boy because <laughs> you don't have to be creative to be mean or you don't like you really don't shorts in the shower boy like that kills me if it was been this really elaborate pun it would have been less funny than just shorts in the shower boy 
He's sort of from the fact that he's wearing his tux, champagne flute in hand. He called me shorts in the shower, boy. <laughs> it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and but, we get a call back, obviously, later with Nars, which we'll get to with that line. But what, what were you going to say then? It's just um, a sort of touched upon. I actually wrote this down in a few different places. That I know it's called Liar Liar, the episode. So I'm going a little bit off, off uh, where we are in the episode. But the episode's actually full of lies mm. throughout. Bulldog lies, obviously, at the start. Roz lies to get rid of Bulldog out of the apartment. She says, oh, go and get in the uh, in the elevator and then slams the door and gets rid of him. She lies that she's going to go to an after party. Mm-hmm. And they just continue. But the problem I've got with the lies is a lot of them are by Niles and Frasier, which mm. is strange because none of the noise that Frasier makes when his ethics are broken and no nosebleeds. They're yes. both morally incorrect. Both of the brothers are. None of the reaction seems to come out throughout every lie that they tell. That's so true. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, Niles, like, you know, tell him I've gone to Italy. No, no, France. No, Italy. Like, yeah, n- n- nothing, you know, his nose is bone dry. And obviously um, we'll, we'll touch more upon it when they're in the prison. But Fraser, when he first goes in, says, I'm here to talk about something of your past. But it's not actually what he's saying. He's telling him he's doing a report or something. Yeah, he's doing He's like a psychiatrist doing a research into men behind yeah. bars. And- Which is a lie. Mm. And then he says, oh, I cheated on an algebra quiz. A lie, nothing. And Fraser's not affected by consistently lying to the guy over and over again. It's so true. It's so true. There's like loads of little kind of mini ones bound up in this episode. And yeah. what I would have given just heard Kelsey's like, no, <laughs> every <laughs> so good, so good. Um, so yeah, we have shorts in the shower boy line. We have Roz expertly removing Bulldog with her feminine wiles. Um, and she knows a great little after hours place where they can get a couple of drinks. Now you're talking. Bulldog is <laughs> out on the elevator faster than you can say vasectomy. Um, but in the next scene, we're in Navosa and Fraser and Niles are matching, of course, as we've talked about. Um, kind of kind of amazes me that we've got to season four before they've done this gag because it just feels like it was just waiting there. Yeah, I mean. It, like he says, it had to happen one day, didn't it? It just <laughs> it really did. Um, it just, you know, they're, they're so similar in so many ways and they're always both wearing a suit that, you know, this was just coming a mile off, but still it's fantastic. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm glad they, they made us wait a little bit. Um, an unbelievable line. One of my favorites of Nars now. Why don't you just take my strong, build, my strong chin and swimmers build? Um, <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually going to use that at the start of this episode. I was going to say, well, I'm filling in for Key. Should I just take his strong chin and swim his build while at it? That was, my a... other, that was my other response to you on the opening. <laughs> I mean, what gets me is Niles, you know, Niles does have a good build, but presumably he doesn't do any, other than squash, he's, he's like not fit at all. I don't think he goes swimming. I mean, how do we think he stays in shape? Just pure genetics. Well, I, yeah, no idea. I mean, yeah, he's just built that way, isn't he? He's just got, he's very broad. He's got, you know, traps like a like a quarterback. He's, you know, Not he's... forgetting his congenitively weak ankles. Of course, but he's unusually <laughs> developed calf muscles. Uh, so the whole thing kind of works. works he almost sounds a bit like Marif with some of his descriptions of his body parts and how he's got ailments. I mean, he is very Maris in some respects. He really but is. He's, like, he's it's, the extreme. it's like a body that defies science in some ways. Yes. Um, which in his physical acting, sometimes it very much feels that way. Uh, the coffee count, Steve. Now, this is your kind of your beloved baby. Maybe now, do you want to tell us? There is definitely only only two in it. I haven't got the full count. You've got the count. I I have got the full count. Um, I I believe that brings us to 117. um, I can even tell you what the two coffees were in this. They were both double espressos because the waitress says I uh, took the liberty of bringing you the same. Took the liberty of bringing you the same. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, So so good. Now, Fraser just kind of comes to the conclusion that he needs to, to get in contact with John and he, you know, he files collect and, and tries to get his number. He now learns um, that John is in prison. We now get the wonderful Nars lion thrown back to the nickname. Do you want to, do you want to tell, do you want to deliver this lion? Sorry, which line is that? The who's wearing shorts in the show. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely kills me. Um, just the delivery of that line. It's just, and it, it was already funny, but the throwback now with just yeah. the way he delivers that is just top notch. Um, and now Frazier goes to meet John Rajetsky now. Um, and he's kind of explaining that he's there, as we've just said, under false pretenses. Um, which I'm going to get onto in just a little bit um, about, like you said, to conduct research. But yeah, Nars, he's abroad now. That must have hurt. <laughs> I I feel like I only heard that gag the first time 
re-watching for this week's podcast episode. I feel like I've missed that every other time I've seen this episode. I think, I think it's very, very clever. Is that um, one that you were like, you you were waiting for? It's a, it's a favourite of yours. It is a great joke. And I've, mm. I've, I've always loved it. What comes to me is that it's not something that Frasier would say. Would Frasier ever class a female as a broad? John Rajeski sounds like the sort of person who says, I've been out with a couple of broads. Maybe Frasier that's, what, maybe that's why he interprets Frasier, Frasier's use of a broad yeah. for foreign. Maybe he's thinking, John Rajeski would never ever put two together and think a broad means foreign. It means abroad. Yeah, and, and I doubt John's <laughs> ever been abroad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. I've been in prison gonna, most of his life. Gonna, gonna hazard a guess that he stayed, you know, on, on terra firma in, in the US there. Um, but yeah, every time he gets Frasier feels like he's got to the to the conclusion here of, of what caused John's kind of derailment and ending up in prison. Uh, he kind of gets up to leave. He's been there about two minutes. I mean, at least yeah. live up to the charade that you've built here, that you're conducting research. Like, no no one conducts research in two minutes. He's he like, like literally one note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not like even pretending. And that's it. <laughs> he's like, well, no, case closed. Like, he just closes uh, a classic case of, you know, young teenager attracted by a card. He's closed his little book. Um, yeah, I just feel like Frazier, lean in a little bit more to this 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 pretense that you've built for yourself. Um I mean, just when Frazier's about to to reveal um, his kind of truth here that he's the reason John was kicked out of the the prep school, um, we have the uh, the guy, the huge guy, come past the door and apologise um, for for taking John's comb. I mean, I did comment, you know, he is he's relatively without hair. What use do we think he has for a comb, Steve? I did kind of think about this a while ago when I watched mm. it. I think the first time I thought, if you listen to John Rajeski's um explanation he says i don't like people touching my stuff and he said mm. that guy touched my comb never has used it and i think the joke is that why would he pick it up he's bald clearly he's not going to use it yes. but he was taking it or touching it and john it, he didn't say he was going to use it for that he could have been melting it down making it into a blade mm. you know i'm doing movements here which is irrelevant on a podcast but yeah but i'm loving it i'm one move away from being quite <laughs> threatening i feel um <laughs> That's the only thing I can think that he may have been pointing out. But obviously we find it funny as an audience that, yeah, the guy's got no hair. He's 10 times bigger than John. Mm. And obviously he's wearing his neck brace and arm sling, etc. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I completely buy that explanation now. Like, it's definitely the fact that, like, John battered him, even though this man clearly has no use for a comb, so just, like, chill out. Yeah. But also, he does have a moustache. So part of me was thinking maybe he just wanted to quickly comb. <laughs> just quickly just quickly run it through the stash. But uh, I, I completely buy your explanation there. I think that's definitely what we're uh, we're meant to be we're meant to think here. Um, back at the at the apartment at KSL, Niles has arrived with a seized up back. Um, he claims lie. yes, <laughs> another lie. He claims he got it at squash, but how did he actually get that injury, Steve? I believe moving the seat in his Mercedes. Yes, it is E three twenty. Doesn't he say in seat of power? I don't even need to. Uh, oh no, what does he say? I don't even need to blank in my Mercedes E three twenty. What does he say? I, I don't even. Oh my god. Okay, because I, I thought it, I thought it was. Um, I don't even need to adjust. Just the seat. Oh, God, I'm my mic over. Um, adjust the seat to my Mercedes ET journey, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, it is something to do with the comfort of that car, isn't it? It is, right? Bear with me here. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. I don't even set the clock in my Mercedes ah, ET20. Only it would set the seat. <laughs> Honestly, if it was, I'd be like, unbelievable callback there. Um, obviously, it would be a plot hole now. But yeah, so he, he claims it was uh, halfway between a pirouette and a, a flying scissor kick, um, the squash move. Have you ever played squash, Steve? I haven't played squash, no. Badminton, etc., but not squash. Do you ever foresee yourself playing it? Is it something you could you could give your, uh, your hand at for a game? Oh, it it looks so? like a good game. I mean, have you played or...? I have. I mean, I love racket sports generally. I love tennis. Yeah. I love badminton. Squash is nuts because, like, you're basically constantly stooping. You're like on your haunches because you've got to be yeah. like quick and move around. So when you're done the next day, like your hamstrings and quads are like blocks of concrete. You can barely walk. Um, it's an, an unbelievable workout. Um, I mean, if you, you've ever been paintballing, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know, like how you're always crouching behind things, yeah. and then the next day you can like barely walk up and down stairs. Like that's that's the same vibe. At least it was when I was a kid and was I had very congenitally weak, you know, muscles. Uh, <laughs> but maybe that's why. Uh, maybe that's why he's got such power in his legs, Niles, because of the amount of squash. Obviously, it, Fraser's got thighs like I don't even know what. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like those... two two Christmas hams. Yeah, you know. in the incredibly small shorts. Um, he does. Yeah, he does. Fraser has got decent thighs there <laughs> i think i think it must be the squash they play that keeps them uh keeps them limber um so he he lies down on the uh the the, the couch now surprises me that daphne's so cavalier with like pouring you know the equivalent of deep heat cream applying it on the lovely suede coco chanel couch. you'll have to wash afterwards <laughs> there's there's not a towel down or a blanket perhaps you should do this somewhere else we know she has a massage bed table because we've seen martin on it before um <coughs> presumably she doesn't want to get it out at this point but uh you know it's a little bit you know, suspect um the delivery from Dodo pierce with the like the oh, i haven't even touched you yet i started without you i mean <laughs> Well, that's, that's only followed by frost me like a cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Just his his face, the delivery, just <laughs> absolutely kills me. And also, I don't know how you're going to react to this, but obviously Americans call icing frosting. Yeah. I've always preferred that to icing. Like the like, frosting sounds delicious to me. Like it sounds really nice. Whereas icing, I think of like that thick fondant that i don't want to eat Do you know what while, while i'm filling in for key mm. he's, he's a good one of uh, rom-coms isn't he? he loves a romantic comedy film he loves them i wonder if he's ever seen how to lose a guy in 10 days is that mcconaughey yeah oh and my he, god he's an advertising executive have you I, seen it i haven't but charles obsessed so he's got to come up with an advertising slogan for diamonds and he comes up with frost yourself frost yourself because obviously the diamonds frosting it'll all be glamorous the and ice. Yeah, he just keeps walking around going frost yourself oh my god <laughs> and um it, actually it, you know what I, i'm not a massive rom-com fan but that movie is actually quite good, good oh, i've heard it's and good he's, he's an excellent actor i love him in a lot of things so, oh he's um, great yeah. and is it is it kate hudson he's in? yeah it is yeah um, yeah, yeah I mean, brilliant I, couple in that excellent, excellent bit of uh, watching. But yeah, go frost yourself. <laughs> I, I would absolutely watch that now. I was already kind of leaning toward it, but you know, I'm I'll never turn down a decent, decent rom com if you know if they're like that. They've got some some decent casting, and um, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty up my alley. Yeah, he's, he's a good character in that. It sounds good. Um, Frasier returns now after after Niles has had his uh, kind of heat reaction. I mean, I have here actually. Right above me, for listeners who can't see this, a can of deep heat. I have the um, same can in the bathroom just next door. If I really wanted to to go full method podcast acting, I could apply some to my lower back right now while uh, while I present this. But I'm not going to do that. Um, Fraser returns. Back off, witch woman. <laughs> Fraser returns. Uh, very downcast now um, because he's obviously come back from the prison and he hasn't got the conclusion that he wanted, and he's pretty assured in the fact that he's the reason and Niles is the reason that John Rajetsky turned to a life of crime. Um, and he now starts to think how he can rectify this. Um, Niles, what does Niles say? Oh, yeah. I hope you remember to tell him I'm an expat. And then he says... I told him you were something else. You're, a, you're an ex something. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it. You're an ex something. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And again, like I, I really feel like that's the first time I ever heard that gag. And obviously there's a callback to it now. So it really is like one of the centerpiece gags as it were in in this episode because there's there's two moments where it's it's called back to um but fraser ultimately gets the idea to, to kind of intervene um with john and his wife's marriage is this ill-advised do you think or do you think fraser's heart is in the right place and maybe that's a bit mutually exclusive do you think fraser's this is a good idea where do you stand on this firstly when fraser decides to go around there does he know John's coming out of prison? <laughs> I want to get to this. This is another hugely, we'll go, we'll that's another hugely fortuitous plot point. But yeah, let's not spin on too quickly then, because obviously, yeah. First of all, would you intervene if you know he's going to come home that day? Insane. <laughs> You've only seen him that morning. Um, I don't know how Fraser's actually got the balls to go to someone's apartment and talk to their wife about any kind of marital issue, particularly sexual. You know. Having seen the guy that day or that morning or that, that week even yeah. and never meeting her, how do you knock on the door and say to someone, 
I went to prep school with your husband and I hear that sexually you're having issues. Can I help it all? <laughs> tell <laughs> me, tell me where it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say it's ill-advised. It's it's awful advice and you just couldn't do it, could you? I mean, it doesn't matter what profession you're in, you don't go and stick your nose in like that. <laughs> no, I think knowing what John is like, someone touches his comb, he batters them, Going around and talking about sexual, you know, particulars with with his wife, who he doesn't even know, um, seems extraordinarily ill-advised to me. But he, he reassures Martin, you know, I know what I'm doing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> no, you don't, Frage, but that's a different ballpark. Um, obviously, he, he goes to meet uh, Mrs. Rajetsky, Susan, um, as, as we know from the, from the poem. Um, so she's got a, a sexual conundrum. She can only get really turned on when there's an element of danger there. I mean, whenever she starts talking about this, this little monologue, I always wonder where it's going because I don't know if you've ever seen the film Crash. Um, uh, I think I may have done. There's, there's, oh, sorry, there's two films called Crash. There's one that came out in 2005 that won the Oscar. It's all about people intersecting lives coming together. Yeah, I think that's what I know more about. Then there's the David Cronenberg one with James Spader in, which is basically about people who are sexually attracted to car crashes. Um, right. they will get in their car and crash their car because it turns them on um, and yeah it's like a body horror meets transgressive whatever but it's got a pretty famous cast in but oh, I wonder that's... what goes through people's minds when they write a movie like that I know I think it's based <laughs> on a J.G. Ballard book and he was nuts but um, I always think she's going to go down a really weird route when she says yeah, you know yeah, I can yeah. only get really turned on when and she says there's an element of danger but admittedly this is a pretty frustrating kink to have to deal with if you're John, you know. Yeah. She's trying to get laid while he's driving a car, you know, for, for Frasier, you must be some driver. Um, you know, <laughs> the idea that she's in John's lab while he's trying to drive, like it's it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, can we just um I've just got another thing to touch upon Susan, as I now keep calling her. Yes. Susan Rajetsky is actually played by Carleen Watkins. Mm. Do you know of any other cheers spin-offs? Ever heard of another Cheers spin-off? The tour, well, I can't remember what Carla's surname is, but the one Tortellis. the Tortellis. Was she in the Tortellis? She was in all 13 episodes and she played Charlotte Cooper. Oh my god, what, is she oh, like I a neighbor? Maybe or? I presume I can only say that maybe she got caught into Frasier via that connection because she Jeez. was obviously cast before. But yeah, so in 1987 she did 13 episodes, all 13 episodes of the the flunked spin-off i can't believe they then there was 13 episodes of the tortellis i mean well i mentioned this to john beale actually earlier and he said i don't remember her being in there he didn't right. say it in that accent he texted it back to me presumably <laughs> <laughs> in a, in a north, that's how i read it <laughs> northeastern accent <laughs> and um and yeah i sent it to him and he said oh he said i watched it a couple of years ago he said i have no recollection of her being in there but he did actually side with me that he finds her quite irritating mm, yeah um, I, i'm not a huge fan of the actress the character you know, it, I neither think work for me. Yeah, yeah, neither work a great deal for me here. Um, I mean, this might be blasphemous to people that love Cheers, but I could only ever take Carla in in fits and starts. She was a lot to deal with over yeah. a prolonged period of time. So the idea of it, of a, of a, a spin off centered around her and her crazy husband, um, doesn't fill me with. You know, it's amazing to think that the producers and the writers, executives, etc actually looked at that and thought this will be our spin-off yeah and then went wow that failed and then still went ahead and went why would we do one with fraser instead and to get the success of was it 37 emmy awards or a record yeah i think, I think emmy, you're right that yet your first attempt was 13 episodes of crap and you you yeah. quit it and went we'll just continue with cheers for a bit longer and see what happens it's amazing. It's like a Friends one now coming back, isn't it? After they had that spin-off with Joey, which was just a big flunk. Mm. To then come back now and put something out, you'd think it would be the same. Maybe it would happen, but do you know what I mean? It, uh, yeah, it's just amazing to me that they can come up with Frasier after the Tortellis. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, and it, it always amazes me that Frasier was a spin-off. I can never get my head around that. Like, It's just such an unbelievably accomplished show, so famous, so groundbreaking in so many different ways. It's just mad for me to think he was just this recurring character in Cheers. You know, yeah. it's almost like they're two separate people to me. Like I can't square that circle of it being a connected thing. Sometimes I just think of like Frasier as his own thing. It's so hard to, to see it as a spin-off. 
It's very, so very good. I'm, I'm the same because obviously I, I started watching Frasier about, I can't remember what I think it's, it's got to have been season three or season four because as we spoke about, I, I watched the two Mrs. Cranes was one of my first ever episodes. So although I'd watched Cheers when I was younger, I never put this, I never had the connection because mm. when you're, you know, very, very early teens, you don't look at Kelsey Grammer in two shows and go, he must be the same person. I just didn't think of that. So when I went back to watch part of Cheers, I've never really watched all the Cheers episodes with Kelsey in. Same. same. I've watched the first two seasons and he doesn't turn up until season three. <clears throat> no, no, he doesn't. So I've never really seen Kelsey in Cheers, but I've watched Cheers season one and two and bits of with Kelsey in, but never the whole lot. So one day maybe I'll have to sit and watch the whole lot and uh, see if I can see, uh, as some people call it, Frasier Origins through. Frasier Origins, yeah. So, um, and I know a lot of people hate that phrase, but then obviously see how Frasier develops. So I kind of love calling it Frasier Origins. I just love the vibe. But uh, yeah, I got. I think I watched six seasons of Cheers, and I, I'll be. I'll be honest. I remember very, very little of it. Um, not to say I don't like it. It's got. It's got huge. You know, pros, and I love the the coziness of the bar setting yeah. and, and things like that. Just I guess individually looking at the characters compared to individually the characters in Frasier, <coughs> that's what sells me. You know, I just don't enjoy the characters as much as I do yeah. on, on Frasier. And ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter how much I love the setting and the idea if, if the characters aren't aren't doing it for me. Um, Sorry, that was a massive cheers and tortelli oh, tangent in the middle. I mean, of, as, as tangents <laughs> on this podcast go, that's probably one of the most faithful to, to the Frasier universe. Yeah, but no, that, that reviewer might actually change their review. Tangent was definitely on topic. <laughs> <laughs> More direct talk relevancy. There you go. Um, we now know Susan kind of makes reference to, uh, you know, knowing the cops were on their way in a previous escapade. Um, the delivery of that line, to be fair to her, does always kill me a little bit. And that's when she kind of rips off her top and she's got the nice underneath. And I've just put exactly what you brought up a minute ago. How fortuitous that John is getting out of prison a day or so after Frasier relearns of his existence in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, this is all happening very quickly. Presumably, you know, he says to John, um, thank you for giving me your time. He says, well, I've got plenty of it. Yeah. No impl- no intimation that he's getting out of prison. Um, yeah. no, he didn't say, well, you're lucky you caught me because tomorrow I'll be at home. I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> Make sure you put that down in your research. Give me a lift, <laughs> so it's just nuts. Like, it's 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 too much of a, of a plot hole, I think, to, to work. It's just, yeah. it's bizarre. Um, but I don't think this episode is going to be in many people's top tens. Um, no. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that. Um, there's, I definitely think I enjoyed it more on the rewatch than I was expecting to, because I did kind of already write it off as like I really don't like this. Um, but when I'm when I'm watching it for the podcast, sometimes I can unbias myself a little bit and and I think, find some. I think the jokes throughout are, are very quality jokes. They're very well written. Some of the puns, like the abroad and and stuff like that, are very very clever and definitely good writing for the Fraser writers. I actually think the situations they're used in are worse than the jokes, if that makes sense. The jokes are too good to be in this episode. Mm. There's other scenarios they could have used these in, but they just used it with this, like you say, the wishy-washy, all he's in prison, oh, I'm 10 years for passing a bad check, but I'm out tomorrow. What? Yeah. <laughs> like you say, where, where does that come from? Why didn't you mention that in the one-minute interview, the McSession he has with Fraser in, in the prison? Um, it's all over too quickly and like you say it progresses like i said earlier the, the first four minutes of beauty and then you've got 18 minutes of this rubbish in and out of prison with some quality jokes in it yeah it's a very yeah. odd episode so true about that i mean the, the four minutes the opening is so strong it's making me want to do maybe this will be a project after the podcast's over but like a supercut video of every quiet moment in the apartment of like and then just have them all together and you could probably get like well over half an hour of material just yeah. in different episodes um and kind of like just some something to have on as like background ambience you know like people use Frasier to get to sleep that as a as a kind of listening aid could be unbelievably useful to people you know? saying that about a compilation of videos actually just before we came on i was looking through reddit on Frasier obviously to find um the links to yourself mm-hmm. and um someone's actually put up a one minute video of one word sentences in Frasier. No <laughs> way. Someone going, sure, fun, pretentious, <laughs> rookie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's a minute and you think, can I watch a minute of this? 10 seconds in you're going, this is absolutely fantastic. So <laughs> good. This? So oh, good. You've got to look for the link. Um, someone shared it to Frasier Fan Club. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Like I say, yeah, one word sentences in the show, <laughs> a whole minute's worth of them. 
Oh my god! I mean, you'd have like Gee going, really? And yeah, that's in there. Yeah, the guy from room service at the door. Okay. okay. Yep, that's in there. Hey there. All, the, like, all the best ones you can think of. There. Honestly, that's I such a good idea. Three different people saying pretentious. <laughs> so so good. Um, I love that people do things like that, and you know, someone did a, a one second from every episode of Fraser as well. So yeah. <laughs> the thing ends up being, you know, two and a half minutes long. Um really really good love things like that and i kind of wanted to do my own but then it got done i was like uh, you know i'm probably not good enough editing wise to, to do a better job than this person's done so. i think one of my favorites is all 11 seasons cut down into just every time fraser says dear god um i think what, i've seen that one yeah it, it's about five minutes he just goes dear god oh my god <laughs> and it's <laughs> just god. every single t- his reactions with god in every single one and you don't realize how many times he says it and it just yeah it just keeps flowing but Did that, it include uh, your favorite i'm god and he knows <laughs> i don't know i don't think so i think it's literally just every exclamation of dear god dear, dear god. god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to watch that one as well um there's some very oh, talented brilliant. members of the uh of the Fraser community. I yeah. love it. Um, do apartments have sprinklers like this where you can literally like, I've just, I, 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 I don't know if this is different in America to the UK, but I just didn't think sprinklers were like in the apartment like they are here. I would probably say no. I mean, we'd need John Beale on here. Um, John would know. John would know. I imagine, I think John actually lives in an apartment currently and he's never said, oh, my sprinklers need servicing. Yeah, so, like, uh, it's just, I would live in constant fear, like going to bed, that they're going to just turn on malfunctioning and kill I mean, me and soak everything. And I lived in a, uh, I lived, when I lived in Chelmsford, so 20 miles from where I live now in the city, he, uh, we used to live in an apartment and it didn't have sprinkler systems at all in any of the, um, like the walkways, gangways, et cetera, like that, or the, uh, the corridors. My apartment certainly didn't have sprinklers in them. Mm. The only thing we had was a smoke vent. So basically, in the event of fire, the automatic windows in the corridors would open to allow smoke out. So therefore, hopefully, you would get downstairs smoke-free, not inhaling too much. Um, But no sprinklers. No, Mm. I don't don't really have any like residential buildings that would have sprinklers in. Most of them are in commercial, aren't they? Sort of shops and... So maybe American listeners can can say this is a particularly uh, American phenomenon. I don't know. Um, but that brings me to the end of our review before we get onto the uh, end of episodes gubbins. Is there anything that you wanted to mention from this last scene, Steve, that we didn't know? Uh... You know what? Oh, one of the biggest things we haven't mentioned. John Rajeski. Oh, who's obviously. He named after? Oh, who, who's he named after? <laughs> who's he named after? Why is John Rajeski called John Rajeski? Should I know this? Am I going to feel like Along an Along the lines of Rod's Doyle? Presumably just someone from behind the camera. John Rajeski was a producer. I think he was a producer's assistant for about six years on the show. Oh, there we go. So for some reason, he was important enough as an assistant to be called a character. Whereas obviously, Ros Doyle was a producer on Wings and passed away, which is why Ros Doyle's character was created. There we go. There we so, go. But yeah, what a strange... Um, <laughs> Strange person to name something after. I mean, well, uh, we should say that obviously John. I mean, well, we did talk about him getting out of prison, but <coughs> John's come back at this at this point. <coughs> Sorry, my ticket. The listeners don't know this. So I mentioned this before on air. I'm coming. I'm getting over a cold, and I've got a really annoying tickly cough. Um, but yeah, John comes back, and and Fraser's hiding behind the the kind of dressing screen, the partition, yep. and he's listening to the poem. You know, you're like a garden. Bam. Get the- <laughs> Fraser has a lighter on him, which I find strange. Um, I couldn't work that out. I'd almost wanted to go back and see that scene again. I, I didn't get time this afternoon. I watched this episode yesterday to refresh myself. Mm. I don't know if he leans across and gets that from a shelf in their apartment or he just like you say happens to have a zippo lighter in his back pocket which is odd that makes a lot more sense i'll have to go back and look because in my head he takes it out of like his suit jacket but i can't confirm that without rewatching. It's a very so. quick movement and i did i sort of thought about it afterwards where did he get it from and I, I i got a feeling that maybe he just picked it off his shelf i thought his arm may have come out from behind that shelter and sort of taking it back in but you could be right i don't that know. makes a lot more it sense appears. and definitely kind of clears up any confusion about that you know the kind of action because it would be weird for him to get a, a get a lighter out or we could um, just often say it's in the script it happened there you go there you go <laughs> fraser just was smoking at some point in this episode it's fine um it, i mean is this episode in your top 10 steve would you want me to answer as me or key <laughs> answer is you <laughs> I think I can answer for both of us. I don't think it's in keys either. No, and it's not in mine. Um, I mean, we can you can tell me who you picked for your actor, but obviously we'll have to get Key to update um, according to his own pick. But who did you go for? I mean, it's probably relatively straightforward. Well, I mean, 
there's only really, I mean, there's barely any Roz, mm-hmm. barely any Daphne, maybe two scenes with Martin, and he's got what three lines. Yeah. You've got Frasier throughout the whole thing, Niles a bit. I love David Hyde Pierce's performance. Do you know what? I feel like throwing a right curveball at you and going for Dan Butler because I actually think he's he's acting in that go first for four it. minutes. I'm going to go with Dan because I think he's absolutely brilliant. Bulldog, that first four minutes sells it. Like I say, because I don't, it's not that I dislike the last sort of two thirds, three, you know, three quarters of the episode. I think the performance of the first few minutes wins the show for me for that episode. Yeah. So yeah, I'd have to say Dan Butler. <laughs> I love that. It's a nice curveball. I mean, I had originally gone for Frasier, but the more I think about the lines that stick with me from this episode, it's Niles. It's it's the who's wearing shorts in the shower now, and yeah. you know, frost me like a cake. I just I just genuinely really love some of his deliveries here. And Frasier's obviously they've got the lion's share of the script in this episode. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Niles. So I'll yeah, uh, I'll let you know. Um, Kennedy Burling, Steve, our man on the ground. What possession of his? Would he be most protective over? Were he to find himself in prison? That's my question I'm going to ask you today. Do you want to reflect for a few moments on what possession of Kennedy Burlings you think he'd be most protective over? If he was sharing a cell with me, for example, what possession of Kennedy's would he prevent me from touching? I think Kennedy's a very well-kept man. I'm not saying you're not. That's I fine. Think Kennedy, I think Kennedy would have some sort of face creams or. Oh, I love that. Some lotion. I, I think, yeah. And if you go anywhere near that, I think Kennedy's going to really lose it. He's I got an that's... unbelievable skincare routine. Yeah, a uh, night routine. It'd be the case of you'd be going, Kennedy, you've been in there five minutes. No, I haven't. Bing. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out. Mission control. And... <laughs> positively glowing. Um, excellent. No further explanations needed there. Thank you, Steve. All that remains is to play Who's Crying Is It Anyway before we go to listener mail. I've got one word for you, Steve, this week, and it's the word nasty. Who uses the word nasty in this episode? It's only used once. I thought this was quite tricky, only because well, I was really struggling to think of a word. Because of you having a, an accent from the Midlands and me being from the south of England, I you would need, say you need, me, you need me to say nasty. Because if you say nasty, it makes me think, well, that's got to be Daphne then, hasn't it? Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> nasty. Um, who uses the word nasty? Nasty, nasty. Um, I have no idea in any context what that could be used. I'm going to go with Daphne, actually. I, I don't know why she'd use it, maybe at the start, but mm. I can tell you, Steve, that it is Frasier when he says to John Rajetsky, That's an awfully nasty bruise on your knuckles. Oh, of, course, of course, when he uh he finds <laughs> out that he's been uh he's battering people about the combs. There we go, very a bit, a bit of a tough one this week, but uh, oh, boy. there we go. Um, shall we jump over to listen to Mal this week? Yes, yes, yes. Raz, who's our next caller? So Heard from many, uh, well, not that many of you this week, actually. There's uh, a few more waiting on the, the thread for next week. Um, so it'll be a pretty short and sweet listener mail. But first up, we have Panzerin Banti. I hope I've uh, pronounced that correctly. He says, Merry Christmas to you both. I have finally caught up, so you can look forward to tripping over the pronunciation of my admittedly ridiculous username <laughs> a lot more in the future. One thing that I've heard you both speak about, but can't remember if you've addressed, is how much housework Daphne's expected to do around the apartment when she was hired as a physiotherapist. While the below line from the good son explains it, which I only picked up on for the first time on a recent rewatch. You mean you take him in, says Frasier. Niles laughs incredulously. Dear God, no, but we'd be willing to help you pay for a home care worker. A what? You know, someone who cooks and cleans and can help dad with his physical therapy. However, viewed through a lens of modern sensibilities, does this make Niles' pursuit of Daphne more problematic with the power dynamic involved if he was helping to pay her wages? Asked purely as an interesting point, and not that I think anyone should be cancelled. <laughs> Finally, hoping for revenge in the FA Cup when Villa come back to Old Trafford, which will be much sweeter with Gerard now in charge. I assume this person is a Manchester United fan. Um... When Villa come back, yeah, yeah, it must be. Which means they're literally just borrowing Old Trafford for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I couldn't tell if they're a Villa fan or an Old Trafford fan, uh, a Man U fan. But if they're a Man U fan, then they're not going to be particularly pleased after this weekend. But I am, so not to rub that in, Panzer and Bantib. Um, But yeah, if Niles is paying Daphne's wage, just muddy the waters a little bit, doesn't it? 
Well, it makes you wonder, is he still paying it when he marries her? Because she's still kind of working for Fraser and I sincerely hope not. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a little bit weird. Um, but thank you, Panzer and Banty, for that. Definitely a, a thinker on that one. Mm. Uh, next, we've got Juicy Wench, which I mm. hope that doesn't get everyone running for their water pills. <laughs> um, dear lovely men, so sorry it's me. Uh, Steve, not, you not are me, certainly but... classed as a lovely man. <laughs> thank you. Uh, dear lovely men, love the pod. I'm almost finally caught up. But wanted to interact, so I skipped forward a bit. And I'm also a newish user to Reddit because of you both. That's another one. Mm, I've only got Reddit because of you guys. Mm. I recently realised that MK is reason I know of the pod from another friend of our improv theatre, Sup Corey. Oh, no way. As others have said, this podcast is so much fun and funny and makes me love Frasier even more. I used to watch it as a child slash teen with my family, and it's always been a comforting show for us. Thank you for all you're doing. One trivia question for Liar Liar. Ooh, one slip through the cracks, eh? Oh, well, not not quite. What injury does Niles endure that prompts Daphne to rubbing the liniment on his back? Well, so we, we have covered we, that. We've roundly More got to that. <laughs> um, but lovely stuff from Juicy Wench there. And unbelievable um, that... MK and and Juicy Wench know each other <coughs> in real life and both listen to the podcast. That's just insane to me, but I love it. I hope I Corey's it. not caught on the phone by his girlfriend saying, my Juicy Wench at any point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sydney Asbasket, which is you, Steve, you wrote in to say, gentlemen, so pleased to have you back after the break. Happy New Year to you both. Our Father's Art Ain't Heaven is an enjoyable episode, but not in my top ten. However, I was pleased to hear that it's up there for others. I can't remember who it was that got in touch. It might have been Amy um, that was in her top ten. Uh, interesting how so many people have different episodes in their top ten and unexpected ones too. This episode does contain a favourite line of mine, though. Not even Hannibal Lecter could keep that woman's cooking down. Love that. Um, and on the subject of a bolo tie, don't be silly, big willy. I'm positive Willie Boone wore one when he owned this. He definitely wore a bolo tie. Yeah. He did. Um, thank you, Sydney. Well, that's definitely uh, the most surreal thing ever, isn't it? You reading something I've written to you back to me. <laughs> <laughs> that can't happen very often. You no, it doesn't. But for the benefit you. of our <laughs> listeners who rely on the desk of Sydney Aspasky every week, we must read it out. Uh, next up is Reclia 77 I'd wager key read out the favourite episodes by the main cast for KACL, which is incorrect based on my findings. I found what I believe to be these one-minute shorts and most of the favourite episodes given are different to what KACL says. And mm. she's... Uh, or, sorry, is Reclia a she? Reclia is a she. Sorry, and uh, they've put the link underneath. Anyway, Liar Liar, those heated cream rub scenes were the highlight of the episode. I was nearly in tears from laughing so much. DHP proves once again why he's the king of physical comedy on this show. The main plot was fine, but the heated dream and the hilarious lies told by the cast throughout were what I remember this episode for. Excellent. Thank you, Reclia. And finally, we have the fun bits and trivia from MK, who says, this is the second time that Fraser has fallen victim. In a sense, he was a willing victim this time to fire sprinklers, the first time being... Oh, I see. He, yeah, so innkeepers, Fraser gets covered with water from a, from a sprinkler, yeah. and it happens yeah. again here. Um, absolutely. And with the fact that we ended by discussing those, again, MK, you are in simpatico with us. Something of accent or foreshadowing of back talk when Niles almost reveals too much about his feelings of Daphne while she's tending to his aching back, much like what will happen when Fraser is injured. Very good. We have that coming up in uh, well, season seven, so yeah, probably two, two years away from now. Um, Pointed out by Little Owl in the Glen. Here we go, Steve. Given the number of lies Niles tells this episode, his nose doesn't bleed. So a few other eagle-eyed uh, Fraser fans had noticed that as well. Um, but thank you, everyone, for writing in this week. Um, hold, hold on, hold on, oh, Will. There's there another is a one. special little note right, right at the bottom from Cam Winston. Oh, please read it. Lovely out. hammy. It says simply <laughs> hashtag. Up the villa. Up the villa. And <laughs> it's feeling pretty good after a, a nice fight back to an equaliser. 2-2 uh, against Man U at the weekend. Our new man, Philip Coutinho, getting the uh, getting the equaliser there. Key will be very pleased. Um, next week, we will be back with Season 4, Episode 11, Three Days of the Condo, um, which is a favourite of mine, actually. I really like that episode. Um, obviously, a pun on Three Days of the Condor. I realise Key and I used to talk about episode title puns all the time, and we've completely forgot to do that um, for well, about actually, a season. If you did that, Liar Liar. So the film with... Uh, Jim Carrey. Was it before or after this? Because this first aired... Not if we'd have recorded this a couple of days ago, the 14th of January 1997, it first aired. And Liar Liar was 
March 21st, 1997. So, so that, it, it can't it, have been. So this came out, it's so a liar, liar came out after. Yeah. After Friday. So yeah, they're, but they're both pulling on liar, liar, pants on fire, etc. But um, do, we can cross off our list that it's not referencing Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, but there we go. So we'll be back. Key should be back next week. Um, he's a very busy man, but uh, hopefully he'll be back. But what a wonderful treat to have you on this week, Steve. How have you enjoyed your time reviewing? Do you know what? It's been absolutely brilliant fun. I can only hope that Key is not ill in bed at home listening, going, <laughs> he's absolutely scintillating like very <laughs> sick at he's home. In league with all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sorry that Key couldn't be with you. I, I'm I'm thrilled to be invited on and obviously uh, and fill in for Key. Um, I only hope I've done even half the job that he does because uh it's going to be weird when I get to listen to this rather than listening to you and Key review it. <laughs> so, it will, it will be very surreal, but no. It's almost disappointing for me that I won't get to hear you and Key review this episode. But... <laughs> um, no, honestly, Steve, absolutely brilliant having you on. You've made like our lives so much, so much more easy. Um, and it will just be such a treat for listeners as well to, you know, have a little change up um, here, Sydney Ass Basket behind the desk with the microphone turned on. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, but yeah, I can't remember how I end episodes. Oh my God. Okay, other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for <laughs> listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled. Thanks.